And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Hello and welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Ports, I'm with you on a Wednesday. Allison Lucan is here. Hello. Allison, we have... We have wow. a trade to announce. Oh my. What a few days it has been in Columbus, Ohio. The um, It had to happen. I, it seems like it's part relief. For everybody, the Blue Jackets send Pierre-Luc Dubois to Winnipeg. Deal was pretty much done on Friday, finished on Saturday. In return, they get Patrick Laine and Jack Roslevic. The Blue Jackets also sending a third-round pick, not this year, but next, uh, to the Jets. So, um, I mean, wow. We'll get into uh, the um, the trade, certainly. We're going to talk this entire podcast about this trade. I mean. Allison, my, I think my overarching view of what, of what happened is that Yarmo Kekalainen made a hell of a trade for a general manager who had to make a trade. And by that, I mean, he was not in an enviable position at all. Um, all essentially all three of these, all three of these players have asked for a trade, uh, for all we know, the third round draft pick in 2021 has already requested a trade from Winnipeg. Um, that's just how this one was. But the situation in Winnipeg certainly seemed a lot more peaceful than the turbulent mess of a situation that had created, that had arised in Columbus. Yarmo Kekalainen had to do something. More than Kevin Sheveldayoff had to do something. Yarmo had to do it right freaking now. And with with that in front of, of him, I'm a little amazed, frankly, that that not only could he extract an elite, elite player out of this trade, but that he could also get a second piece that he's been trying to get for a long time in Jack Roslovic. Your thoughts on this deal? Yeah, I think that uh, it's definitely an impressive act. It sounds like, you know, we hear of these things often after the, those in charge do. And so it sounds like these conversations had kind of been laid in foundation for a bit between Chevy and Yarmo. Um, so it was just about making sure they still were the best deal out there. But uh, all things considered, I think the right now 
um, execution is is sound. The the big question for me is going to be next year, two years from now, three years from now, is that the payoff of yep. making these deals, um, that's going to be what I'm really watching for. Yeah. So for me, the, who wins this trade? Well, no one can answer that right now. But I think there are there are two issues that that will swing it, that will that will give the Blue Jackets, I think, the best chance for them to say that that this was a, a great trade for them. The first one is, does Patrick Line sign long term? Yep. And he is an RFA after the season. They have already had initial discussions. When you hear that, that tells me that Garmo Kekalainen has a pretty good idea, A, of Line's willingness to sign long-term, B, what it would cost to sign him long-term, and the fact that he proceeded with the trade suggests to me that he has a pretty good indication he can get it done. Um, C, or the other B, it would be the second part that I think will swing this trade to Columbus or will, will be what it looks like if the Blue Jackets are seen to have won this trade is if Jack Roslovic can become a middle six uh, center in the National Hockey League. I think there are some scouts who think he's a potential number two. I think there are more scouts who think he's a three, uh, but he's going to get an opportunity here in Columbus, Allison, to, to be, I think, a number two. Uh, and he's going to get a chance to to roll and play in the power play, an opportunity here that he did not get in Winnipeg. So two key elements there with Line's contract and Ross Levick's ab- ability to to nail down a spot. Yes, I agree. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I want to say things carefully here because I don't want to mis- misrepresent how I feel. Um, but, you know, Yarmo also said he was confident they'd get a deal done with Pierre-Luc Dubois. They did. And then the player is gone. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, that, and that's, it's back to my original point is that, um, the, the long term ramifications of losing, if you lose both of these players, the top two and top three pick in, in a single year's draft, um, that is going to be it. I don't care if, if they win almost every game this season in the regular season, that that's not a win. It's just not a win. So yeah, the long-term commitment of the player is huge. Um, and, and with Roslovic, I mean, of course, I would love to see the player succeed. It'll be great to see it. We know he, as he needs to and should, thinks highly of his game. Um, we want to see him reach his highest potential. But as we continue to talk about, this team needs to add the highest end of talent possible. And so hopefully he can, yeah. he can push those boundaries. Um, but they still have to be on the lookout to continue to get better, particularly offensively. Yeah. Now we'll talk in a second about where line A and Roslovic fit in this lineup. We have a pretty good indication on Roslovic already because he's going to debut Thursday against Florida. Uh, line A, the line A watch update today is that he is in Ottawa at the U.S. Embassy in Ottawa uh, to get his visa updated. And the plan is for him to fly directly from Ottawa uh, to Columbus. Now, once he arrives in Columbus, he'll have 48 hours to quarantine before he can play. He is he is injured. He has an upper upper body injury that kept him out of the lineup for the for the Jets for a couple of games. Um, but as he said in his Zoom call Saturday, and as Yarmo Kekalainen confirmed earlier today, um, he should be healthy. His health should coincide with his 
uh, clearing the, the COVID protocol. So once he's cleared, he should be able to play for the Blue Jackets. We'll get into where those two guys fit. Um, but on his way out of town, I, I want to talk Pierre-Luc Dubois here for, for just mm-hmm. a second because uh, there's part of me that 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 thinks it's rather sad, actually, the way that it ended. And kind of out of nowhere from the way that that kid took over that playoff series or the qualifying series um, last summer in Toronto, to see it end like this and to to see it end so ugly for him to become a player, Allison, who, A, this team stepped up and drafted him higher than anyone anticipated, maybe higher than any other team in the National Hockey League would have in that draft, maybe. Um, and then to, to see it end as it did and to realize that he's going to be one of the players who quite likely is booed every time he touches the puck in Nationwide Arena for the rest of his career, that's kind of a sad ending. That's a really sad ending. And I, and I say this not as a, I say this as a journalist, not as a, as a fan. To see it turn that way um, is quite unfortunate for a young, a young guy. And uh, to see any relationship end like that um, is unfortunate. Your thoughts on just how this thing turned and and how it ended? Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it has it has to be a. Uh, and I know people are are angry, and that they have every right to be angry. And but I think it it is sad. I think that's the right word. I mean, this was one of Yarmulkekalainen's landmark moments. One one could argue um, in his tenure yeah. as general manager to make this surprise pick um, and have the player seemingly on a trajectory now that justified his pick um, for the player to make choices that at least from what we know, and we don't know everything, um, you know, 10 years from now, how is that last shift going to gonna hang over Pierre-Luc Dubois' head? Um, can, can he measure the ramifications of, of that? Um, I, what I always try and do in situations like this is when something like this goes so far left or, you know, completely differently in a direction than what anyone I think would have expected, I think every side owes it to themselves to, to when they can really ask themselves the hard questions, you know, what happened there? Um, because it's, it's a shame. It's an exceptional set of circumstances and there has to be something learned from this on all sides, from the player side, from the organization side, maybe I'm not going to tell fans how to fan, but um, what, what happened? Because it just seems so unlikely. And I think it's, it's going to be a, a question mark because from all points we hear, no one seems to know Pierre-Luc Dubois reasons for leaving other than the player and his most intimate inner circle. The organization says they don't know. And I think that, that's the player's right, but I do think it's harmful because, again, I think until that's shared, there there are no real lessons for, for anyone long-term. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? 
Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, you're right. It, it is harmful. It, and, and I almost think it's, um, on some level, it's unfair. Does he have to explain every part of his thinking process to, to reporters and to the, the hockey-loving world? No. no, he does not. But in not doing so, Allison, he allows three he allows three storylines to either be cemented or uh, to gain oxygen. He he gives them more life, and one of those is that John that every player hates playing for John yep. Tortorella. Right? We've all yep. seen that. Um, we've heard it from from national broadcasters who I think are going on their gut instinct or perhaps um, personal information that they've either heard or seen. Uh, but we know that 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 is not the case. That that uh, well, it's pretty clear that Dubois and Tortorella had their issues. Uh, I think Dubois would be the first to tell you, and in fact, has said it that it wasn't a case of him feeling as though he could not coexist with with right. the coach. But by letting it sit out there and without telling anybody why it is, it allowed a lot of people, and people still today, um, it it gets perpetuated. Yep. The second issue is that the Blue Jackets estrange these players. You can go uh, you can go back to Ryan Johansson. You can go back to Josh Anderson, that they estrange uh, their players with hardline tactics on uh, contracts coming out of their entry-level mm-hmm. deal. The Blue Jackets are incredibly, incredibly sensitive mm-hmm. to this. And that appears to not be the case. Uh, Pat Brisson has said it was a very professional negotiation. We'll take him at his word. The third thing that it that it perpetuates is that Columbus, Ohio, is a place where nobody wants to be as a hockey player, and that got some legs. That this kid wants a bigger stage. Um, I, I I think he's kind of backed away from that a little bit, or at least has yet to confirm that or say anything close to that. But it allows people to run with that, where if if, if this is something the kid can do uh, to express himself and not let the organization, his former organization, take a beating on those three fronts, I think they would like him to step forward and say it. Or maybe it's it's gone now, but it would have been a nice touch to, to make clear what it isn't uh, on his way out the door. Thoughts? Yeah. And, and you know, I've said this a, a couple times here, but, you know, when I say he owes people an explanation, the the, st- the standard comparison would be the joke of, you know, you break up with someone and you say, it's not you, it's me. Everyone knows that's not true. Yeah, right? Right. <laughs> like, come on. Right. But right. I, I agree. Right. I do not think this player owes you, me, I'll even say the fans, an explanation. This could be something incredibly personal to him. It could be have been a very painful Absolutely. process to him. We are not owed everything at the end of the day. But when I go back to what makes a successful team, I do believe his teammates were owed something. Um, and and I, I do, to an extent, believe that it, let's take that it's a sports team out of it. I believe his employer is owed something. Because as you say, there are all these things that 
are, are circulating. Um, degrees of validity can be debated for hours. <laughs> um, but it, it, I do believe that if you're, if you're a good employee to the extent that you should be, if you haven't been treated just horrifically poorly, a reason for leaving is a fair expectation of an employer. I think that's fair. And, you know, now we have all these sides vehemently denying so many things. And, you know, when I used to be in corporate America, you know, my bosses would always say to me, the things that make you the most upset are the things you have to investigate. And, and you have to you have to push back and find the truth, even in the most negative critique. And because those who have to act on these decisions and continue to try and move forward in the jobs that most directly relate to what made a player want to leave, they deserve some feedback on how they can be better. And, and I'm sure people want to argue with me about that, but that's how I feel. Yeah. Well, and this seemed like, I think we, a lot of us believe that they could make this work before this season started. You know, you watch him in training camp and you're like, yeah, he's all right. He's all right. Looks like Pierre-Luc Dubois to me. Um, maybe they can make this work. Well, it it became apparent that this could not yes. work. And I, of course, Tortorella has taken a lot of, a lot of heat for benching Dubois. I maintain there's not a coach in the National Hockey League. And I had this discussion with a couple of scouts last night. There's not a coach in the National Hockey League that could not have responded to the shift that he put forth that will be the last his last shift in the blue jacket yes. sweater. There has to be a response from the coach yes. for that. I don't know if it's the rest of the period. I don't know if it's the rest of the period, the next two. Maybe that's a little extreme. But that that wasn't Pierre-Luc Dubois at like 70% because his headspace is too crowded. That was a player intentionally on the ice, not giving a damn. And you can't have that. You you can't have it. And honestly, I think that's the point at which the the players, his teammates, stepped off. Now, I think they're fine with him, and I think they'll be friends forever. But that's when the players stop being able to abide this too. They're not going to say boo if you want to be right. traded. They're not going to say boo if you have a training camp holdout. Um, or a training camp uh, contract impasse that keeps you from camp. They're not, they have no problem with that because they all know they could be in the same spot themselves someday. But when you start deliberately playing in a way that damages the team and hurts all of them, that's when it got more serious. And you could tell that Nick Felino had reached a different point with Pierre-Luc Dubois after that game and especially the next day and was pretty clear about it on the Saturday after the trade was made. I think you could also see it from the response and the way that the Blue Jackets played against Tampa Bay on Saturday. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that, you know, that's I was going to mention Nick's comments if you didn't, um, because it was pretty clear. And and I, I don't I have not gone back and watched every single second of Pierre Luc Dubois' play this season of owning that. But you know, comments from both Nick and from John Tortorella imply that this was kind of a slow decline, um, a deterioration, I believe was Sports's word, and you know this. This is what I say when I when, when I mean when I said earlier. You know, you as a player, as as an employee. Let's again, let's make this broader. This isn't yeah. how you want to go out. Do you want to be the player that, for whatever reason, whether it was you couldn't separate your frustration or your concern or whatever the issue or, or issues were that it affects your play? Because that that's where he's stuck with now. Unfortunately, is you had a really crap shift. 
there were some questions about your play, was it A, because you didn't give a shit and so you were just going to dog it till you were gone? Or was it B, because you couldn't separate it and give your all? And that's horrible. Like that's just, and because we've seen flashes from this kid that he he can be great and he still can be great. But that's just, that's what I say when, you know, five years from now, these are, and and I have some of these in my life where you look back and you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Um, And and I hate to think that this might be one of them for this player. You have to believe, and this is the last point about Pierre-Luc Dubois. um, It's, it is different when, when Sergei Bobrovsky wants uh, to leave as a UFA when Artemi Panarin wants to leave as a UFA, that is a lot different than a 22 year old who doesn't have uh, unrestricted free agency yet, desiring to be traded and essentially playing his way out of town. You have to think. I mean, we know it doesn't. It doesn't sit well with John Tortorella, and he's watching everything. Right. And I'm not sure what went on behind the scenes. I just don't think. John Tortorella has it in him to act like that wasn't going on and to act like he was okay with it. Like the players could. Um, and so hundred percent, it just, it, ex- it exploded and you left the rink Thursday thinking there's no way, there's no way that they can get around this. They were, they had offers uh, from at least 20 national hockey league teams. <laughs> That's what happens when the, a uh, potential number one center hits the market. Um, everybody's in with their cups. Um, and so, you know, it, it, we, I started by saying what an amazing trade this was by a GM who had to make a trade. There were all sorts of offers. I'm not sure any of them had the immediate uh, proven impact that this trade does. And by that, I mean line A. The situation in Montreal, the Blue Jackets won safely assumes would have insisted on getting Suzuki in that in that trade. I'm not sure Montreal would do that. I think Montreal, which, which has a which is off to a really good start, playing very well, would have offered two really promising future players, Cole Kinyemi and Cole Caulfield. Now, if you're the Blue Jackets and this is late in the season and you're out of it, then I think you look at a Kokinemi and a Caulfield trade and your your ears perk up. But this trade, if in the perfect world for the Blue Jackets, would still be about today. And so Line A, mm-hmm. again, it, it's wild to be able to trade the number three player from the draft just four years ago, not even four years ago, uh, not even five years ago, for the number two player in that same draft. I thought he'd have to take two or three lesser pieces today with a focus on the ne- very near future. And he was able to land uh, that trade that he that he got. But Anaheim was in on it. I think the Blue Jackets would have would have um, demanded a player like Zegris. I'm not sure if Anaheim would have included him. Um, but again, even he isn't today help. So this trade with the Winnipeg Jets gives them today help, which is really really impressive. It allows this season to still mean something for them. Patrick Line A. Allison is a unique talent in this NHL. He might be, I said this with apologies to Rick Nash, with apologies to Panarin. Uh, 
maybe not Panarin. This guy might be the most elite offensive player they've had, but he is most certainly the most elite shooter they have had in terms of his ability to finish and score from anywhere on the ice. His shot is amazing. I can't wait to see it up close. Uh, your thoughts on the package that is Patrick Line? Yeah, I, I if, elite offensive player would still be Artemi yep. Panarin for me um, because we know that Line might be a little um, less well-rounded, at least in what we've seen from him thus far. Um, and I think Panarin had a little bit of that, not a ton, but a little bit of that. Um, but I think that if, if you look at, as you said, you know, it wasn't just about today help. I mean, we can talk about the game last night against Florida. What does this team oh desperately need? They need offense. They need elite offense. Um, and that is what this player is in one big round package. Um, and, you know, it was, I thought that Jack Roslovic's reaction was fantastic today when he was asked about um, what line he might bring to the power play. He just kind of chuckled, <laughs> said goals, lots and lots of them. Um, this, this, if you want to talk about finding something that fits yeah. the missing hole for a team right now, this is the definition of that. And, and I would suggest too, and I haven't been able to follow line a super closely in his entire time in Winnipeg, but the bit that we followed of him during, during the pre-draft and the draft and the little bits you still see from him on a national scale from time to time, this guy seems to be a, yeah. quite a little bit of fun too. Um, and so, you know, there's always, there's always something nice about having a personality and, and someone who enjoys themselves and enjoys their day in addition to being really freaking good at hockey. So yeah, I think this could be a nice boost um, in the room and also definitely on the ice. You're, well, you're, now you're not suggesting that the team market him. I, I, I would actually suggest that the team should market all of their high-end players. I'm being a little facetious there. I know. Um, <laughs> that, that inside line, baseball, that line, a shot, like, just folks, if you're home on your computer, just go to the alternate screen, turn the volume down, not on us, um, on YouTube and fire up, just do Patrick line, a highlights. And it's like, there's a couple of them wonderfully in slow motion set to classical music, which is like that freaking works. And I don't know why it works, but that works. Um, the shot is amazing. And, uh, Ty, uh Max Domi, there I go again. Max Domi was great on it the other day. How, most players need about this much space. He held his hands up like 12 inches, 18 inches apart. Um, that's where they want the one-timer. Some guys like it right in the middle of their feet. Some guys like it on their front foot. Some guys on their back foot. And he was talking to Roslovic about this. He's like, you just get it in the neighborhood. And somehow mm. he gets he gets to it. He gets wood on it. Uh, wood. Stick on it. And it's got a lot of jam on it. He, mm -hmm. his, the one-timer is, it is a blessed, beautiful thing in the Ovechkin slash Stamkos neighborhood right there with them. Um, I'm not sure. May, and maybe that's, uh, we need to do our job better. I'm not sure people in Columbus fully understand the offensive superstar that's coming. This might be the, the Panarin's a great player. Yes. Um, I remember concerns about him defensively when he first got here too. people saying, yes. Oh God, Tortorella is going to hate him. He's going to hate Tortorella. They were great together. Loved each other. Right. Yes. Um, 
Line A's got people say, oh, God, he's a disaster in his own zone. We'll see. Um, but he is, he, with apologies to Nash, with apology to to maybe Panarin, this guy has the other stratosphere shot, uh, the ability to score literally from anywhere in the attack zone, uh, and has an incredible shot. Panarin was a wrister, was incredible puck control. Um, incredible vision and elusiveness. Um, this guy's six foot five, maybe 225 yeah. pounds. He's huge. But the sh- just to see the shot, the only guy they've had here that has the the quick snapshot that line A, it's even close to line A, I would think is Jeff Carter. I mean, people here barely saw it because um, A, wasn't here very long and B, gave less of a damn than they would have wanted him to. Um, but I, you know, these, all the players, the blue jackets players, when the NHL players are excited to see another guy's shot up close and in person, that's when, you know, it's something special and the players keep talking about it here. I think line A is going to be for a lot of people, um, a rock star that this team needs up front. Yeah. I mean, I pulled up 17, 18 first year in the league, Alex Ovechkin, 49 goals. Yeah. Patrick line A. 44. Yeah. I think that like, was the second. That's his, I think that was, was that his second. second year. I think it was. Yeah. Did I do, oh, I did my math wrong. Hold on. Let me what? pull that up then. Because he was 16, 17. I think he had 38 yes. or something. I counted my my years wrong. Yeah, so, okay. His rookie year. Rookie year. Yeah. 36 goals. As an 18-year-old. 36 goals. Yes. It's incredible. It, it's insane. And yeah. and you you look too. I mean, he's here's what's interesting to me. He has an inflated shooting percentage compared to the league, but he has a shooting percentage in line with, particularly that his rookie year, Brad Marchand, Sidney Crosby, Anders Lee. I mean, these are, we're, we're not, this wasn't just like a one-off where no one right. else was. Nikita Kucherov was right there with him that year, shooting percentage-wise. I mean, this is this is going to be something. And, and you you hinted at it too, but to come from a player that size, right? Like oh, you hear, right. you hear about it to, it, it makes the mechanics of it yes. make a little more sense. But then when you really think about but I'm going to see a guy that size right. <laughs> playing that way oh. um, is, is th- this might be the, the, the most I've missed that we can be at ice level for, for yes. practices in a while. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and we'll get, go back to lining just after this thought. I'm just sad as hell. Sad as hell that there aren't fans in the building. Yes. I mean, of course you are, period. The home opener, all of this stuff. But here comes Ross Levick making his Columbus debut. Mm-hmm. And his parents will be there because there's limited people that can be there. Um, I mean, it's like less than 300 people in the entire building. So that's nice. But it's not going to be the standing O and the welcome right. that you would like it to be. There's not going to be that incredible buzz and excitement. I I think back to when Jaredev made his debut. Jaredev. And mm-hmm. he was basically smuggled out of Russia. Yes. And it was like, you know, news breaks. Uh, Jaredev is now on his way to Ottawa. Ottawa? What's going on with that? Well, they could get him to Ottawa. And then when they get him to Ottawa, they can get him to Columbus. But they couldn't get him from Russia to the United States because that set off alarms. So he bought a ticket to <laughs> he bought a ticket to Ottawa. And then flew from Ottawa to Columbus and he landed at like three o'clock. He's going to play tonight. He doesn't speak any English and he plays in the building is just like 
just so alive and rich. And that's what it would be for Line, who is a freaking superstar. Um, and they can't be here. And it's just sad as hell. Yeah. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Um, Line A's forte, I shouldn't even say that. Line, part of what Line A does so damn well is the power play. Um, and, you know, whew, for how many years now have they needed this site for sore eyes? He has, since right. his NHL career started in 2016, he has 52 power play goals. That's hmm. about one third what the Blue Jackets have had in that time, the entire team. <laughs> in, I think it was in his second year, 17, 18, he had 20 power play goals. The Blue Jackets had 39. Yeah. Um, so in that span, so from the start of 16, 17 until now, he has 52 power play goals. Only two players have more. Um, and you've heard of, it's like Ovechkin and Kane, I think, um, in that span, the blue jackets leader is Cam Atkinson with 24. So this is a different level of player. I think this is a guy that can fix them on a lot of different ways. It's one of the few guys that can score out of nothing, um, who can have a game. And I think he will have some games like this where you don't notice him, and then, oh, wow, he just scored. Um, he's known for that as well. Those sort of Phil Kessel games where you're like, oh, right, Phil Kessel and kabang, right. the, the, uh, the goal happens. So, um, this is going to be awesome. And, and to many people, when that trade came down, Allison in Columbus, Ohio, the grassroots hockey community in Columbus, Ohio, they were like, wow, Patrick Liney is coming to Columbus, but our kid is coming home. Jack yeah. Roslevic. And what a story that is. How cool for this player who was the first born and raised Columbus kid uh, to go in the first round of the National Hockey League draft. He's had at times some really good stretches with the Winnipeg Jets, seen as a very skilled player, great skater. He knows half the guys on the team from summer skates. Your thoughts on Jack Roslovic and where the where the young man fits here in Columbus's hometown. Well, I'm I'm certainly happy for for him. I think it's a a great story, and I think even more importantly, you know, the way you continue to grow talent is that local players see that programs they went through can build NHL players um, that are playing a lot in the NHL. And so, when you talk about the growth of hockey 
and, and there should be appreciation for everything that's happened with money that's been put in and trainings and coaching and programs and rinks. But now we have kind of that string that starts to actively pull kids in more and believe in more and maybe give that little extra bit when they weren't going to want to go to practice because it's the whole, now you can see it. Yes. It could happen to me. It could be me that that lives over here in Westerville and now I'm going to be an NHL player someday. So I think from building talent that's local and, and bringing more pride to, as any city would want, it's, it's amazing. Um, but but I like that he has something to prove. Um, I'm going to give the player a, a few weeks. I mean, a couple games. There's like 18 games in a week these yeah, days right. with this season. But I'm going to give him an, a, a fair chunk of games to let him get acclimated, get used to the systems, let the lineup, lineup hopefully shake out where he goes. But I'm interested to see because this is someone who hasn't played in, in quite a bit. Um, he didn't play for Winnipeg. He wasn't in their camp. So... I want to see if he can be everything he's said he can be. Um, and ultimately, again, you know, it's hard for me because I, and I don't want to minimize the player's abilities, but can he push up the lineup and, and really, really, really be a part of this? Or is he just a, a really nice piece mm -hmm. that is still critical? Um, what can be his level of contribution to this team? Yeah. So part of the frustration for him in Winnipeg was it was a hard top six to crack. Uh, right. especially down the middle. And he, he played mostly wing there, played some in the middle, um, but he is going to get every opportunity here uh, to play in the middle. They see him as an NHL center. Yarmo Kekalainen has made that clear. It's actually made that clear for a few years that, that they think uh, Jack Roslovic is a centerman. Um, and I'm really curious. You one assumes, assumes that, that Domi gets the first ride with, with line a, as the mm -hmm. most experienced, most experienced, skilled centerman that they have, um, but I'm not sure who the second choice is. If if uh, if John Tortorella goes in a different direction, if it's Texier, which defending number one centers might be a might be a quite a burden for a young player, although he's been pretty damn impressive so far, or if Roslovic gets a chance uh, to play with line a here as as well he played about 30 games with him on his line in winnipeg apparently um mm -hmm. i don't think it was to any incredible success um but who, it'll be really really cool to see who clicks uh with line because you know there are guys lining up for that job um and allison i'm wondering uh who you think makes sense as line a's line partners not just in the middle but on the off wing yeah, I mean, and we we presume that Line A is going to be want to be back on the right, correct? Is that what we're presuming? Uh, Line A typically is played on the left, but he came into this league as a right winger, so I don't think I don't right. think he's locked into one or the other. Right. So it was my understanding he might want to he might prefer the right. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but for me, the the center is Domi. Mm -hmm. um, we know that Domi. If you look at at some of the measures that Corey Schneider tracks manually. Um, that's shut down line on Twitter. You should all support and follow his work. Um, that Domi is one of the best um, passers in the league. And then, you know, Yarmo keeps talking about line A's passing as well. So I, I like having Domi there to receive um, the off wing, depending. I think it could be Nick Felino because, you know, again, for both of these new players, Domi and line A, um, some defensive oomph could help them. And I think Felino could bring that. Another alternative I've seen suggested that would be really interesting to me is Bjorkstrand. 
um, who very quietly was also quite significant defensively last year, um, and then really potentially makes that a big time scoring threat line. I, for me, his second center choice would be Texier. I just think Texier has had such a strong start to this season. Um, and because it was just quote unquote 30 games, and I'd have to go look at the the stats from that time together between Roslovic and Line A, unless Roslovic comes in and blows the doors off, he's he's maybe a third choice for me. Um, but that that's been my initial thinking of where Line A falls in the lineup. Line A in the lineup, the line A. I, know. I was waiting for that, trying to make it work, couldn't get there. Couldn't get there. But I'll force it Couldn't any day. <laughs> uh, Roslovic was skating today, and I think he will debut tomorrow night with Boone Jenner to his left and Cam Atkinson to his right. And mm-hmm. he and Cam have known each other. They're very, they're actually right. very close. They they spend their summers working out together. Uh, so one assumes there's going to be some, there's going to be at least a strong desire there to make it work and, and perhaps some chemistry as well. Allison, anything else we need to get to? I think, well, I think that was a that lot. That was a lot. And there's so much more to it still. Like when Miku Miko Koivu is yep, back. Yep, made his debut last night, assist on his first shift, yep. and ended yep. the game. This and this gets back to my Texier concern. He ended the game um against Barkov's line. Yes. Because nobody else could handle it. Again, Barkov is a monster. I don't know if that he yeah. stood oh. out in that game last night. He was incredible. Um <sighs> but yeah. yeah. So yeah, that's what it looks like. Um, yeah. and, and again, line a in, in Ottawa, uh, they're working feverishly behind the scenes, uh, to get him here as soon as possible. When he gets here, he's got 48 hours, uh, to, to quarantine per the NHL's COVID rules. And then it's into the lineup. So don't know exactly when his debut will be. I think the safe bet today's Wednesday. I think we can start saying optimally would be this weekend, more likely early next week. Um, sure. But we'll uh, keep you posted on that as well. Uh, Allison, thanks as always for your time. My pleasure. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks to Danielle Lehman for her excellent production quality. And thanks to David Cook for that fantastic theme music. It'll be stuck in your head the rest of the day, I promise. Uh, we'll talk to you next week as well. Uh, thanks so much for being with us. Take care.